Welcome to the Writing with Purpose podcast where I, Anna Wollescroft, chat with fellow writers and outdoor enthusiasts about how we can embrace creativity and curiosity to live a life full of adventure that doesn't feel like hard work. I delve into exploratory conversations about my two loves in life, writing and nature connection, as part of my mission to share the well-being benefits they both bring. It's wonderful to have you here today. On today's Writing With Purpose podcast, I'm chatting with Heather, owner of Boland Editorial, about editing, proofreading, languages, and making time to venture outside. So, hi Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest. I'm looking forward to chatting uh, about all things outdoors, uh, nature connection, writing, reading, because uh, I know they are they are loves of yours as well as as well as mine. So um, you've got quite a colourful background, really. Do you want to sort of just explain a little bit about you know your your original career? Um, yeah. So um, thanks for having me, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I um, have a military background. So I joined the military uh, when I was twenty. Um, not probably something that anyone actually when I was at school probably thought I would do it wasn't I'd never been a cadet I just kind of you know um went through school had no idea and then just had this vision that I wanted to join the military so I joined the Royal Air Force um and yeah so I did 13 years in the Air Force thank you for your service thank you um and it went by in a flash um, and it was, I mean, actually part of the reason that I joined, I think, was because I'd always been really sporty and liked doing kind of adventurous stuff um, and I saw that there was loads of opportunity to do that in the military, so that was probably one of my motivations, mm. I think it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, uh, so I served for 13 years and then I left about five years ago and I have worked in defence industry, um, but I also run, have my own business, which is kind of a sideline, which maybe might take off to be something full-time, hopefully, in the future. But um, yeah, so I run a business called Boland Editorial, so I proofread and edit um, copy, basically. Um, And I also do a bit of freelance transcription as well, because my background is in languages um so I do a bit of transcription work as well fabulous and how so how many different languages can you speak well my main language from when I was in was um Arabic mm. and then I I mean I did a French A level so I could speak a bit of French I can kind of understand <laughs> it and get by if I needed to but I wouldn't say I'm particularly mm. strong but then I've been teaching myself Italian as well wow well, yeah. I'm a bit of a... I think it's languages is one of those things that if you're interested in it and you, you, you can pick it up, it's a bit like reading or writing. You've always got that love of wanting to, you know, pick up a new language like you would pick up a new book. Yeah, well, yeah. There's no exception on it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's funny really because when, when I was at school, I've got an older sister who was, she's three years older than me and she was always kind of the language one if that makes sense I was kind of the sporty one and she was more 
um, she did, well, she did a degree in French actually, and she still, you know, uses the French now. And so I always kind of viewed myself as not being a language person. Mm. And then when I ended up being a linguist, it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Um, but I think having um, kind of a base in a language, if you will, so having done A-level French, but I also think it's very aptitude-based mm. and absolutely not a reflection of intelligence, by the way. Because <laughs> I know loads of really, really clever people that really struggle with languages and mm. it's just one of those things that I think you have an aptitude or not. But I have a theory that learning a language that's a different script, so yeah. Arabic being an like example, Arabic. is I think if you've learned, if you can read music, mm. that helps. Just because, yeah. I mean... When you read music, any kind of instructions are actually in Italian. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that you're reading notes, which obviously aren't, isn't a written form, as in it's not words. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Well, I just have a theory. Music. Yeah. Just have, yeah. That's a theory. Probably never sense. to be proven, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense, though. And I suppose I, 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 when you were describing that, I almost wondered whether it was more of a visual person, maybe that would. That would get yeah. that um or you know somebody that was used to maybe mathematical symbols and perhaps you know that they were able to mm, yeah uh, understand it or maybe pick it up a little bit yeah. and i always at, at college i wanted to so after i'd finished my my a levels and then i was working i can't remember that where um i wanted to go back to college to study egyptology and oh. uh the hieroglyphs and because i was really fascinated about um, I suppose the the kind of look and feel of it all and how, uh, yeah, how creative it was almost. Yeah. I didn't know what I was studying for it because there was only two of us that were interested, so it never yeah. it never went ahead. Mm. Uh, but you, you kind of you encouraged me to maybe look at that <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? All mm. these, you know, language and communication and reading and writing and mm. you know, how now you set up your business for, for the proofreading and the editing. And, mm. you know, that's with your background. Do you tend to find that that's more on a technical level perhaps and, and with the the transcriptions and maybe it's sort of creative writing perhaps um a bit of a mixture to be honest I mean I've done a lot of a lot of stuff that I've worked with certainly transcription tends to be kind of government or police related um mm. audio um but on the proofreading and editing side is a bit of a mixture so I started off definitely doing more not necessarily technical but sort of defense and aviation related so it might be a book because it's written by someone but it's a non-fiction book about um aviation in the 1900s or whatever um but I've kind of I'm moving slightly and branching out so I'm not not doing that stuff because you know that's kind of my background and that's what I know um but doing a bit of other stuff in terms of more like outdoory type stuff and I've got a friend who is a well she's just done a master's actually in sustainable tourism so I've just proofread her dissertation actually Mm. for a master's which was really interesting Mm. um so I'm kind of moving slightly into into that area as well so that tends to be kind of a more more creative side of things and I, I have done a couple of fiction 
uh, I've done sorry one fiction book for somebody yeah. and also a a book but it's actually non-fiction because it's basically a memoir yeah. um so it kind of reads it like it's creative in terms of its um output but it's actually non-fiction that makes sense yeah, it's based on somebody's experiences yeah. yeah and do you prefer that bigger piece because proofreading books and uh, dissertations are that they're chunky mm. pieces aren't they compared to for you know maybe a blog article or a series of emails yeah I mean to be honest I quite enjoy both um yeah. it de- it depends what how much time you've got and yeah. quite often you might take on a a bigger project so a book or a dissertation or something and then you can still slot in some smaller stuff mm. but if someone else came to you and said um, can you edit my book you you wouldn't do two at the same time yeah. you would say I can do it you know two months later or whatever yeah. but smaller stuff like blog posts or um, you know CVs and stuff you can kind of just slot them in because they don't take a huge amount of time um, mm. and don't distract you necessarily too much from a yeah big yeah, you can make a cup of car and you sit there yeah. for hours and do something yeah. to get your head really stuck into something. And I always, I mean, I don't, I, I'm more of a writer rather than mm. reading and sometimes copy editing side. Um, but I totally lost my train of thought there of what I was, what I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, sorry. I, I sort of perceive that chunk of your project as being something that you would come to and you need to have that train of thought with you all the time yeah even when you have breaks and things you've kind of got to come back to it and still be on that train of thoughts and just picking up how whether they're repeating themselves or no they're using the same sort of tones throughout and 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 if you imagine that's quite a task with a big piece yeah because you have to kind of it almost immerse yourself in it to then be able like you say to pick out whether there's word repetition Mm -hmm. or whether there's discrepancies you know Mm -hmm. in one chapter you might have written that um, a certain character has got blonde hair and then later down the line they've got brown hair or, you know, <laughs> that's maybe a bit obvious, but, you, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. That are maybe put a colour on it somewhere. And... <laughs> yeah, just slight inconsistencies that do happen because, you know, as a writer, you wouldn't necessarily write every chapter in order yeah, or you might write some chapters and then go away and think about it and come back and you might just almost forget and then it's hard then as a writer to look back on on your own work because mm. you know you're you're kind of expecting to see what you're expecting if that makes sense so yeah. it's um you already know in your head what you're trying to do yeah you can I mean the mind's quite good at that isn't it just sort of casting over something and yeah not really paying that much attention to it because it knows what should be there and then if it's a mistake yeah. it's easy to spot yeah yeah Hence, um, so proofreading. Yeah. <laughs> How do you stay creative then? Um, well, I mean, I have always been a bit of a poetry writer. Mm. Now I'm not, certainly not published and have never really done anything with my poetry. But I always, that's kind of um, what I, yeah, that's my creativity thing really. I've never really been particularly great at art or anything Mm. um so my kind of way of letting out any creativity is tends to be through poetry really and it's um quite often 
I will think of a poem. So I'm, I don't ever go, right, I'm going to sit down today and write a poem. It just, yeah. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just get inspired by stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if I remember it when I get home, <laughs> I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. And if I don't remember it, then I might write it down when I do remember it or it just, you know, goes somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I tend to be uh, kind of inspired by the outdoors really Mm -hmm. so you know I've written poems about bluebells and daffodils and things you know in spring when you see things popping up and I I love that and I love watching things grow and knowing that kind of nicer weather's on the way um and so I'll just be out for a walk with the dog or out for a run and just something will start will pop in my head Mm. by the time I get home I've written a poem in my head um and you remember it when you get back yeah mostly yeah. <laughs> I try to um but yeah so that that's kind of my creative outlet really yeah that's that's great I totally resonate with everything that you've said there I think writing for me because I journal quite a lot mm-hmm. um, and also I'm in the process of writing soon projects one of them being a non-fiction book and then I've got some ideas for fiction books as well um so that's sort of my outlet as well and I I think it's you you hear a lot about people singing dancing drawing painting as as sort of an outlet of creativity but writing actually isn't touched Mm. on that much I mean we're aware of authors and um you know I think poetry is as has definitely had more exposure over the last few years as, as being something that people people do in that situation. Um, but I think it's it's almost like the, the lost cousin, if you like, of creative yeah. outlets. I think it's almost taken for granted as well, to be honest. Mm. I think, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't really, unless you kind of work in that world, you don't almost appreciate all the effort that goes into someone yeah. writing a book necessarily. Yeah, you just I kind mean, of read it and go, "Oh, that was good." Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> uh, read it to something yeah, else. yeah. Um, well, I think yeah, I think you're right there. Not really thought yeah. about it from that point of view. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, when I was a child, I, I remember writing. Definitely wrote a poem as a child, and actually, it was all about kind of, you know, the smell of flowers and. Mm ducks swimming on a pond and yeah things like that it was all kind of outdoorsy stuff mm. um and I do recall <laughs> trying to write a book as a child as well so when I was younger I was ob- absolutely obsessed with horses now I still like horses I don't have one um but you know if someone gave me one I'd have it um anyone's got one going for brief <laughs> Um, I <laughs> um but yeah I was I I was really intent as a child on writing a book about a horse and so mm. I but basically all that ever really materialized was the name of the book which was the name of the horse in the book which was Forrester um oh, and I wrote uh and I designed a front cover which was absolutely awful <laughs> I think I discovered it as an adult and went wow that's just you know it was a really typical <laughs> cartoon drawing of a horse yeah. with like stick legs and like yeah. a round face not quite proportionate yeah not not <laughs> a great cover <laughs> um and I think I probably wrote you know the first paragraph of the first chapter and mm-hmm. then I didn't really go anywhere else um 
but for yeah, you for keeping it though. Well, and I don't know if I still got it. To be honest, it's probably in the bin now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it did materialize somewhere at my mum and dad's mm. house, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I've never, to be honest, really, I've n- never thought about writing a book since. Not mm-hmm. certainly not a fiction book. Sometimes I think. I could write a non-fiction book as in maybe a kind of a memoir about yeah. mm. you know stuff that I've done or things like that but it's I've never actually yeah. yeah or just kind of um you know I don't I don't even know you know like a not a walking guide like a really mm. official one but you know mm. a, a kind of a more um diarized one if you will yeah um, but, yeah of your uh, adventures your yeah yeah out and about because you run as well don't you yeah you mentioned about you know having the the inspiration of, of going outside and then having that poem mm. and coming back again and I quite often do that if I feel stuck then I'll go for a walk and I try and do it every day although it, it, it just mm. doesn't always happen but undoubtedly when I've gone outside something pops in and I yeah. book usually and sometimes if I you know I feel so I need to write it down I'll write it down and then if if nothing else it's a social media post or something like yeah. metaphor of life or something that I've seen on my journey that I can then turn that into a bit of a lesson learned or a you know a thought prompt or something like that yeah. that I can share with yeah. so yeah I think just just getting outside is is, is great to just sort of you know almost break down some of the blocks that you have and kickstart that creativity that you have yeah, definitely ideas that that sort of thing it's very powerful yeah definitely I mean I, I kind of you know I think just being outside it there's so it's so powerful in that it kind of clears your mind of everything else and I think that's why your creativity is kind of um you know invigorated because yeah you kind of stop thinking about day to day you know I need to put a wash on or you know yeah groom the dog or whatever (laughs) (laughs) um and I think that's you know maybe not for everybody but that's kind of how I work is that I don't think about stuff like that when I'm outside Mm. um and then I just you know and I try to take everything in I mean um I'm quite fortunate where we live, that we live really close to a beautiful park, which mm. is always, you know, whatever time of year is always stunning. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of an inspiration in itself. Yeah. Um, but just the countryside around as well is beautiful. So especially if you go for a run, because then you go further. Yeah. <laughs> if you Then if you're just going for a walk from the house. Um, but then being so close to the Lake District as well, I just find... Mm um you know the beauty of the Lake District just so so inspiring really it's fabulous I was up there last year uh I think we went June it's right about the Jubilee time and what I can't remember which lake it was now we stayed near Coniston although this particular lake wasn't Coniston Lake and I just remember thinking we could be in the Italian lakes here yeah weather was perfect and the water was so blue contrasting with the greenery around yeah. that it was absolutely stunning yeah there yeah. really is some beautiful parts of of England as a country that I think you know yeah. and I'm living where you are and I'm I'm quite close to the Peak District mm. so we are very fortunate that those yeah. areas aren't too close to us I realize it's not that 
you know, it's not as, as easily accessible for everybody, but, you know, having these green spaces and little pockets of colourful uh, parks and things is yeah. wonders for your, your mental health as well. And just yeah, absolutely. Relax. And um, I think you you mentioned something before that I thought it's, it's you sort of, when you're outside, it's quite a present time. Mm. Not thinking about washing the dog or, <laughs> you know, putting, putting out the washing or, or whatever that is. It's almost like that. The mundane jobs and the the logic of the day kind of drifts yeah. away a little bit, and yeah, be mindful, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's actually a good. I've never really thought of it as bit be, as being mindful, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Kind of, yeah. I mean, and there's a reason why you know when people talk about mindful things, or you know when when businesses put in mind, you know, mindful rooms or creative thinking spaces, they're always mm. green aren't they always yeah, yeah absolutely. yeah <laughs> um and that you know and you can kind of see why because you know every the majority of of the outdoors is green I mean I'm looking mm. out the window now and I've got a red acer tree so that kind of going oh, against the grain here but everything else is green <laughs> <laughs> they, they are beautiful though they really yeah. sound out. yeah yeah um, so yeah just kind of I think that, you know there's so many different shades of green but they just mm-hmm. it's kind of instills a kind of peace I think that, mm. a, a green color yeah green's my favorite color is it yours? yeah it is yeah it is. I like purple as well but green yeah definitely green. it's always been green yeah yeah it's, it's strange I say I've got actually I've got a greenish top on today but I don't have a great deal of green I, I wear a lot mm. of black really I probably want to yeah. color myself up yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're making an interesting point about the green room. I've never really thought about that before. But then thinking about it, I used to, my first job was at Alton Towers. Well, my first job actually was cleaning videotapes for my dad. <laughs> my first proper job. What are they? What is a videotape? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what a videotape is, look it up. <laughs> yeah, you're not as old as we are. <laughs> showing, well, showing my age there. Um, yeah, we, so I worked at Alt Towers. That was my first proper job. And we had a green room there, which was just the break room for yeah. for having sandwiches and that. But it was not a great room. And I seem to remember that, because I've never smoked, but we had to walk through the smoking room to get into oh. our room, which is just... Oh, nice. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. But for other pe- young people that might be listening or watching, smoking was a band of in public <laughs> <Yeah>. spaces. <laughs> This is turning into be a reminiscing conversation, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, so sort of back on track a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a part of my, re- my reasons for talking to people like yourself is it's mm. sort of like-minded and we, we enjoy reading, writing, great outdoors mm. sort of, you know, ways to, to kind of enrich our life a little bit, really, mm. those things. Um, so have you got any sort of, takeaways for people um of sort of how maybe to to get the most out of being outside or if they're writing or they need some sort of you know inspiration to to have as that creative outlet is there there anything that you you want to share um well firstly my like life motto is so there's obviously the really um common uh phrase that's uh, think outside the box mm. well mine is think outside no box required oh. so 
yeah um, no boundaries whatsoever yeah. just whatever yeah. comes brilliant yeah but actually outside like physically outside mm. um and i think you know not everyone's necessarily um really close to you know wide open spaces but even in you know central london there's some beautiful parks there's mm. little pockets of green um and so i would just say you know if people need a bit of inspiration find something like that and just kind of soak it up and it doesn't have to be you don't have to go for a you know a 10 mile hike or um you know walk around a huge um park that's acres big um but just kind of getting outside and immersing yourself in the outdoors and just notice things you know notice especially this time of year notice when there's new bulbs coming up or yeah. notice when the ferns are uncurling, which I absolutely love, by the way. <laughs> I love watching them. Um, and, you know, just notice new flowers on on that are sprouting or whatever. And that just that in itself is so kind of good for, good for you just mentally. Yeah. Um, but if you kind of take all that in and that will make you forget life in general really then you might kind of find yourself a little bit more inspired rather than thinking right you know if you if you are a writer um I think sometimes it's difficult to um maybe get inspiration and you yeah. might think right I'm on a time scale or I want to get this done by this time mm-hmm. right I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to write for the next three hours or something yeah. um but you know you might just sit there and have a complete block Mm. um so you know if you can just get outside even if it's for 10 15 minutes Mm. um just to kind of soak up the outdoors and forget about anything else I feel like that would probably help in terms of kind of um reinvigorating your creativity yeah definitely I think you said some key words there really immerse yourself soak up you know, mm. in, in that different setting almost and not mm. being inside and having the constraints of the four walls around mm. you. I mean, that, that happens to me a lot to sort of sit down and say, right, I've got half a day, I'm going to do this. And inevitably that never happens because I've, I've kind of, I've almost sort of told myself that I've got to do this. And I, yeah. I'm some kind of subconscious level, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But it does help just to get outside and yeah. almost free yourself of you must do this that mm. kind of narrative almost to go outside and yeah immerse yourself in mm. outer elements really and, and just I think that the, the word notice as well is is quite powerful because mm. I see that many people these days that are walking alongside of the road or you know they are in a ward or something and they're staring at the mobile phones mm. and you know that they're, they're not they're not connected to anything around them they're t- connected to a piece mm. of something you know in the phone which is nothing yeah, absolutely. to do with where they are at the time it's just it's a shame, really. So I think, yeah, looking yeah. up the outdoors, immersing yourself in what's there, not mm. what's kind of in here almost. Yeah, that's and like, not what anyone else is doing as well, because I think that's yeah, yeah mm. what you just said actually about the technology thing. It's just, you know, it's it has gone crazy. Yeah. And you, you see people, you know, in absolutely beautiful parts of, you know, the world, the country, you know, mm. people go to the Lake District and they're not actually bothered about going for a walk and, um, you know, 
having some exercise or immersing themselves they just want to take a picture put on yeah. social media yeah <laughs> or drive somewhere get out take yeah. a picture and get back in yeah and I, I just mean, I do the picture thing but I don't just oh, get yeah out. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so do I <laughs> not maybe I'm not really a selfie person um to be honest but uh yeah absolutely take pictures mm. um but then you know I wouldn't then post it on social media right there and then if I was going to post it on social media at all, to be honest, I might save the picture for a background for a post or something or, yeah. you know, but then, you know, people get the phone out and they post it and then they've got, oh, well, I'll just scroll and have a look. And before you know it, half an hour's gone and they've mm. not actually seen any, work. they're not in the present, they're looking yeah. at what everyone else is doing, which is yeah. really unhealthy, actually. Just being at one with yourself almost mm. and everything that's around you. Mm. You know, that we quite often I go out with my partner and we don't talk that much when we go out on walks and things because both of us are just enjoying it. He said to yeah. me the other day, he says, just started to notice trees. And I really like trees. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, actually, yeah, trees have got a lot of character, particularly the old ones, because they're all gnarled, oh, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. But I mean, we I went past one with a friend who went running yesterday, and I'm not quite sure what tree it was, because half of it had been chopped down, so I think just parts of it were still alive, but, but it wasn't great. Uh, but it was huge, the trunk mm. was massive, so it was a really ancient tree, and then it had got some hawthorn growing all around it, kind of giving it a hug. It all... <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it had got some... Um, holes underneath so there were some creatures that had obviously I don't know what they would be uh were using it as a home so this this tree had got it's almost like the tree of stories of that particular well yeah and that's in. probably what what um things like that is will what have um inspired things like I can't even remember the title of it now but I was re- I used to read in the Blyton books as a child mm. and she wrote about the magic faraway tree or something was it and and that's exactly what you've just in secret seven i used to read yeah them. yeah those as well yeah but there was one i think they were for slightly younger children maybe i'm sure it was a magic faraway tree mm. anyway what that tree you've just described just brought that back to me so oh. that's probably what in the inspiration for yeah. those books Sounds like I hope it. I haven't just made that up, but I'm sure that I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure she did write that. No, there'll be, there'll be a memory there somewhere that you've just pulled out from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's all these things, isn't there, Alex? I suppose that mm. kind of conclude really. There's all these things outside that can, as well as having the mental health benefits for us as individuals, and then you know, help how we communicate with other people and in the daily world and what have you. But there's so much inspiration to be found outside and if you stuck yeah. inside with your job whether you write or or whether you do something else um mm. you know it's it's important i think from um just a point of view of refreshing things resetting mm. things kickstarting creativity ideas to yeah just just change your scenery yeah outside great but just change your scenery as well yeah definitely yeah definitely Brilliant. Well, it's been really, really fascinating to talk to you. And we reminisced a little bit, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'll write up some show notes and things. So, um, and we'll share how people can connect with you. But is is there a a, a maybe a social media platform or a better way for people to connect with you if they want to? Uh, Well, I mean, I I do have Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn so any of those I'm on as me but I'm also on as Boland Editorial on all of those as well so 
Great. Brilliant. More people can reach out to you there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's Writing with Focus podcast. Having conversations with fellow writers or adventure enthusiasts brings two of my biggest loves in life together, writing and nature connection. I've been a copywriter and content creator for 23 years, but my passion is writing for wellbeing, and I'm on a mission to share the benefits that putting pen to paper has personal wellness with as many people as possible. If you want to learn more about writing for your wellbeing and journaling techniques, please connect with me in my Facebook group, Journaling with Anna.